Hello, my Pilates lovers. Thank you for tuning in to All Things Pilates. I'm your host, Darian Gold. Each episode, you'll get to hear a new guest share his or her knowledge, insights, and experiences. Together, we explore the ongoing evolution of the Pilates method, as well as its connection to other modalities, such as gyrotonic, yoga, podiatry, and chiropractic. I now present to you the many aspects of this beautiful, complex, and life-affirming discipline. My guest today is Sonjay Mayo, a Pilates studio owner, who in 1965, as a young ballet and modern dancer in New York City, was very fortunate to meet and study contrology with Joseph Pilates. Her lessons with Mr. Pilates were educational and inspirational. Both spoke German, which established a special bond that endured until his death in 1967, whereupon she continued to study with his main disciple, Romana Krasinowska. In the early 2000s, Sonjay certified in the mat repertoire with Prower Pilates and later completed a full comprehensive certification program with Peak Pilates. Sonjay has a background in anatomy and physiology, which has given her a unique ability to work with those clients who have or may be prone to osteoporosis, which is our topic for today. According to the dictionary, Osteoporosis is a disease where increased bone weakness increases the risk of a broken bone and is the most common reason for a broken bone among the elderly. Bones that commonly break include the vertebrae in the spine, the bones of the forearm, and the hip. But does osteoporosis only affect the elderly? And is osteoporosis a natural result of aging? Calling in from Nashville, Tennessee, to answer these questions and to share her experience in teaching Pilates to clients who have osteoporosis is Sonjay Mayo. Hello, Sonjay. Welcome back to All Things Pilates. Hello, Darian. I'm delighted to be on your program again. It's nice to hear your voice again. Sonjay, besides the dictionary's definition, How do you explain it to your patients or your clients? Well, you know, it depends on the causes, but normally the one we see most, of course, is the postmenopausal osteoporosis. So I explain to them that the matrix of normal bone is being constantly remodeled. But unfortunately, when you start losing calcium, this process does not develop normally. And therefore, you develop what the word implies, parotic bone, so porous bone. And of course, as the disease progresses, the bones can become so vulnerable that fractures can occur, which you mentioned in everyday life activities, such as lifting objects with a rounded thoracic spine or even just coughing and sneezing. Can you explain where the thoracic spine is for my listeners who do not know? Yes, the thoracic spine is the area which is curved, the kind of your hump in your center back. So the cervical spine is the neck. Then you have the thoracic spine, which is the chest area, which is convex. It is curved, convex outwards. And then you get the lumbar spine, which is the lower one. So the thoracic spine is always most at risk. 
Because of menopause, does that mean it usually osteoporosis is usually associated with women, or have you had patients who were men? Well, firstly, I want to just say this, that the gradual loss of bone is not a normal aging process. So osteoporosis is not a normal aging process. It is certainly called the silent disease. Mostly we see women postmenopausal, but men get it too. Not as common as women, but they also get it. And of course, younger people get it for other reasons. Such as? So firstly, we can look at a few causes. Alcohol. If you have been an alcoholic in your younger life, you are setting yourself up for osteoporosis. Diet, getting far too little calcium or vitamin D can increase your chances of getting osteoporosis. Hormones, low estrogen levels due to missing menstrual periods can cause osteoporosis. Certain medicines can cause bone loss. Physical activity, so not exercising or being active for long periods of time can increase your chances of getting osteoporosis. Smoking, cigarettes, another culprit. Funny enough, the cigarettes kind of prevent your body from using your calcium in your diet. And then body weight, people with eating disorders, which is very much a hormone thing too. If you too thin, you are likely to get osteoporosis. So those are the main other reasons. Sonja, can I ask you one question about that? In terms of exercise, are you saying that some exercise, if you do too much of it, that can lead you down a path to weakening bones? No. What we're saying is that if you have a lack of exercise, but if you're talking about someone with osteoporosis, yes, you have to be very careful because there's only certain movements you can do. And this is what brings me to Pilates and osteoporosis. Is there a test for osteoporosis, by the way? Oh, oh, yes. There's the bone mineral density test, the BMD. You'll go and have a bone mineral density test, and they will read the score, and they'll give you a T-score. And from the T-score, we can ascertain. For instance, a normal bone density is minus 1. Anything between minus 1 and minus 2.5 indicates a low density score or osteopenia. And then below minus 2.5 is a diagnosis of osteoporosis. I'm already a little nervous. (laughs) No, you shouldn't be. If you've been eating well and exercising regularly and you don't have any hereditary influence or, you know, also this is ethnicity, White and Asian women are more likely to get osteoporosis. African-American and Hispanic women have a lower chance. Then there's also a family history. It tends to run in families. So if your mom had osteoporosis, you want to be very careful. And then, as I said, gender, it's more common in women, but men do get it. Well, speaking of men, you said that for women, the thoracic spine is where the bulk of the weakening of the bones and bone loss would happen. Is that the same for a man? Yes. When it comes to that, yes. And the reason for that being, and it's quite difficult to understand, but 
just because of the shape of the thoracic spine, if you do forward flexion, the amount of pressure and stress on the front part of the spine, the anterior portion, is too much if you have porous bone. And that's why the fractures occur. When you think of the cervical spine and the lumbar spine, their natural curves are more convex. So when you do forward flexion, which is rounding, there isn't so much pressure on the anterior aspect of those vertebrae. So that is why the thoracic spine is at such risk. Which is why you are always encouraging those types of clients and patients to extend that area of the body. And I'll, I'll give you a very interesting study that was done in 1984, and I still think it's the best study. It was done by Sanaki and Mickelson, and they tested four separate groups of subjects with osteoporosis. So group four did no exercise. They had 67% of compression fractures. Group two did flexion and extension exercises, they had 53% of compression fractures. Group three did only flexion exercises and they had 89% compression Mm. fractures. And group four did only extension exercises and they had 16%. So there it is. There it is. Well, let me ask you, when you do have a a patient that comes to you, first-timer, you already know that they have osteoporosis or osteopenia, You're going to approach the Pilates method differently. You're going to not do some of the forward flexion exercises that if you had a healthy spine, you could do, right? So do you right away start with extension? Let me explain this to you that, you know, one doesn't always know if someone has got osteoporosis. I used to think that I could kind of almost guess which people were prone because it was always the people who had, were very fine-boned and when you lifted their leg, their leg was very light. So we know that those people are more prone, but that is not true, I've since discovered, because I've had some clients here who are very strong, good musculature. It seems that they have good bones and they've got osteoporosis. So one doesn't know So the people who come and tell me that they've had a bone density, mineral bent density test, tell me they have got osteoporosis, I immediately ask for the T-score. And this I have to tell all Pilates teachers, that once a client has disclosed to you that they have osteoporosis, you are absolutely obliged to immediately stop doing any flexion exercises. Even if the client tells you, which I get, I feel fine and I have no symptoms. Yes, we know that. That's why it's called the silent disease. You have no symptoms, but you can fracture so easily. And you wouldn't want to be responsible for doing that to a client just because they said they were feeling fine. So if they have osteopenia, I don't have to be quite so strict, but I will definitely favor extension, do very little flexion. If they have full-blown osteoporosis, I immediately change the whole workout to extension only. And it's not only the exercises. I look at everything they do, how they lift, how they work. Whatever they're doing at work, it has to be ergonomically perfect because it's no use us trying to help them here and then they go and do other things. Also, one never has to worry 
that they're going to lose flexion because there's enough flexion in real life without you even knowing it. So therefore, in the Pilates class, this is the challenge. You have to now strengthen the abdominals because you want a strong core, but you cannot use flexion. And as you know, Pilates is all about flexion when it comes to the abdominals. So I've worked out a very nice program. I say nice because I'm sticking to the order, but I'm changing everything to strengthen the abdominal muscles isometrically, which means not producing movement. Can you give an example? Well, for instance, instead of doing the roll up and where you round, these people start seated and then they will hold a flat back and they will hinge back and maintain that elongated spine. Now, that's very difficult to do and it really does extend your abdominals, mainly because in leaning back like that, we are now lengthening the abdominal muscles. That is the eccentric work, which is harder than concentric work, which produces rounding, if that makes sense to you. Yes. So that's what I do with the whole, the whole workout. Of course, side bending and rotation of the thoracic and lumbar spine are also contraindicated. So we can only do isometric abdominal exercises and then the erectospinae muscles, which are the muscles that run down the spine, they have to be stretched. And the only way you can stretch them is to round. So we have to make sure that they are rounding with gravity, that there is no resistance and no force. So those will be during the rest periods. Can you give an example of stretching the spinal muscles in a rest period like would they be over the barrel? They could be over the barrel. They could be over a ball. They could just be sitting back on their, on their heels, kneeling and sitting back on their heels, and just gently stretching forward. So everything's got to be very gentle with no force, no resistance. I already see that this is quite a challenge for those of us who don't necessarily know how to identify if somebody has osteoporosis or osteopenia, and there's no pain, correct? Absolutely. I have so many clients here who never knew they had osteoporosis until they had a spontaneous fracture. What does that mean? Without doing anything, not falling, not lifting, they suddenly fracture their lumbar, have a compression fracture of their lumbar spine. So they had this terrible pain, didn't know what was wrong, couldn't move, husband took them to the emergency, and there it was. So that's how silent it is. And the point is, I think that people who come from a family history of osteoporosis, they already know that they've got to go and have their BMD test. But other people who are not aware of it, I always say to everybody when they get to postmenopausal, I say, you know, you should go and have a BMD test. And it's a good thing because down the line, 10 years down the line, you'll have another one. And then we can see if anything is, is deteriorating. So I always do encourage them to go and have it done. That's a fantastic suggestion, really, for men and women, correct? Yes. Now, men, as I say, not that common at all. Again, it would have to be all those other causes that I mentioned. Maybe they had one of those causes in their background when they were younger or 
they come from a familial history with osteoporosis. But otherwise, men, it is quite rare. So for the Pilates instructors who don't have this physical therapy background that you do, how would they approach someone who's already knows a lot of the work, they know the order, they don't know if they have osteoporosis, and just like you said, you're looking for other aspects or other qualities in how they move, whether there's, for example, the, the leg weight, if their bones are really strong when you hold on for leg circles, for example. Yes. But would you recommend that instructors find their own order, or do you have this order that you're going to be printing out and posting on your website or something? Well, I'll tell you, the first thing, another symptom that is, becomes very evident is the very evident rounding of the thoracic spine. You know that, what they call the dowager's hump? When I see clients seem to be getting rounder and rounder, I mean, I don't frighten them, but I say, I think you need to go and have a BMD test because that's one of the signs. I mean, everybody rounds a bit with when you age, but if you're exercising, doing Pilates, that shouldn't happen. So that's one indication. But as far as the class goes, I did do a sample class, a mat class, on Pilatesology. So if people belong to Pilatesology, they can pull that up and they can, they can use it and teach it exactly like that. They might even be creative and come up with their own stuff. As long as they understand what one can do and what is contraindicated. And plus, you want to still stay within the order because we know that the order is balanced and we know that the order works. Well, this is what I was going to ask you. Do you think Mr. Pilates had patients or clients that came to him that had this issue? You know, I'm, I'm not sure, but I should imagine, look, osteoporosis has been, <laughs> has been around for a long time, but who knows whether people of that age did not come to him I mean, he, I have no idea. He would certainly have been aware of it. There's no doubt because he was very informed. I'm quite sure that if someone told him that osteoporosis, he would know not to round. But whether, he, whether it was so prevalent, and this is what brings me to it, why is osteoporosis now epidemic in the USA? Why are we hearing so much about it? Is it because in the past our attention was never drawn to it? Is it because more people are living longer? Who knows? I don't know, but it seems to be much more common now. And not just in, in the United States, probably worldwide. Oh, worldwide, definitely, especially in third world countries with malnutrition, that's for sure. But when you talk with first world countries, it's become so much more prevalent. And it is, it is kind of baffling. But I think possibly... We're just becoming so much more aware of it. Now, I do remember when I was a little girl, one of my grandmother's friends reaching for a cup. She snatched her hand away and she was clutching her wrist. And I remember my grandmother saying, what's wrong? And she said, I don't know what I've done, but I think I've broken my wrist. Well, of course, we, we thought that's not possible. She didn't even fall. She didn't put her hand out. Well, now when I think back, and she had, in fact, fractured her wrist, now when I think back, she, well, she was in her 90s. She very evidently did have osteoporosis. 
that was, was never picked up or never diagnosed. So it did exist. It's just possibly that now with all the, the awareness and the fact that there is a BMD test, which is now almost routine, we're becoming so aware of it. Sonjay, the spring-loaded apparatus, is that considered weight-bearing? Yes. Now, this is what I want to tell you. So before I even start this, I will tell you there are many studies that feel that physical activity does not have a great impact on improving or preventing osteoporosis. But this is my opinion. Even if we are not helping them in that respect, the one thing you want to do is make sure that people don't fall if they have osteoporosis. Because if they fall, they will fracture. So if you're constantly strengthening muscles, your balance is better. Your muscles are stronger. So even if, as people say, it doesn't really have a great impact, this is what many reviews say, I feel that at least you're strengthening that person and you're making them very aware. Now, what is the best treatment is the pounding. So walking, running. When you pound, you stimulate what we call osteogenesis which means it stimulates the bone to lay down calcium. But now, if you get to older people, they really can run and possibly not even walk long distances because they usually have sore hips and sore knees. So, believe it or not, spring resistance or weights are equally as good. Of course, it's got to be done in extension. And stretching has the same effect because when you actually stretch a muscle, the tendon, the origin of the muscle, pulls on the bone because the muscle is attached to the bone with the tendon, and that stimulates osteogenesis. Therefore, the reformer spring resistance is excellent for, for osteoporosis, but of course it's got to stay in extension. So no flexion at all using the ne- springs? Never, never, never. What about the jump board? Well, the jump board... Let's put it this way. The jump board, if they know how to catch the jump by going through the feet, I call it like landing on eggs, and they don't have sore knees and hips, yes, you can do that. But if people are older, they don't do well with a jump board. I have my older clients just doing straight level one reformer, but of course just maintaining the extension. And that's very good. And you've been able to see less bone breakage or fewer falls from your clients? absolutely. So firstly, they feel stronger. Their balance is better. Their awareness is so important because the area where they live has got to be very, very clear of things that they could trip and fall. That's also, I make very sure. Clear out your room. Make sure you've got lots of space to walk. No carpets that slip. No things you can bump into. All those things are important. So I have two older ladies, and they feel so much better now. They have not had a fracture since. They both have osteoporosis? They have got osteoporosis. They have had a compression fracture, one in the thoracic spine and the other lady in the lumbar spine. They have come to me. We have worked so carefully and diligently, and five years down the line, they have not had another fracture. You were able to heal that fracture. 
Well, I don't know if I, I don't think I could heal what was fractured, but we haven't, we've prevented another one. That's fantastic. Sonjay, of course, I'm going to ask you to come back. There's so much more to talk about. But if somebody wants to learn more about you and your studio, especially, I don't know if you'd be interested, but what you have on Pilatesology, maybe for those who aren't members, it might be nice to make it available for others so that they can learn and help others. I don't know how you feel about that. but Oh, I'm happy if they come to the studio. I have an osteoporosis mat class, so they could watch that. Great. How does someone get a hold of you? They can find me on my website, www.mynamesonjemayo.com. Simple. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today, and we will definitely meet again. Okay, Sonjay? Wonderful, Darian. Thanks for inviting me. Uh-huh. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Take care. You too. Bye. Okay. Bye. Ooh, all righty then. Calcium, magnesium, weight-bearing, and never grow old, I guess. If you'd like more information about traditional classical Pilates, you can visit me at my website, dariangold.com. And until then, please take some time for yourself, as always. And when you do, please lift your head, lift your spine, because they will lift your spirit. Have a fantastic week, everybody. 